This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you would like. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. You actually can control the uh, website, control the content. What you see on the front page is brought to you by listeners like you. You find something online that you think is interesting, outrageous, exciting, fun, and then post it. Post that link to our website at freetalklive.com. It will then appear on the upcoming stories page. At that point, it must receive a certain number of votes in order to make it to the front page of the site. So what you see on the front page of freetalklive.com, put there by listeners just like you. You can go and get interactive at freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it is Ian. And Mark. Uh, so I told you, Mark, that uh, there wasn't much to relay about today's court date. Uh, I told earlier this week we got into a lot of discussion uh, about some of the things that had gone on between You've activists. You've been to court like three days this week. Yeah, like the majority days the of the days. days this week. I haven't done much in the way of work because yes. <laughs> I've been going to court. I love that. Um, but you know what, Mark? I, I appreciate that you love that. Oh, wait, you're being sarcastic. That's right. I don't like that. Uh, well, too bad for you because I think it's important to go and support people who are willing to stand up for their freedom. I Especially went to this, like parking tickets and things like that. Absolutely. Uh, I went to the same court that you were uh, today. I went to the same court that I went uh, when you had an issue. A uh, speeding ticket was what you had at this court, Newport mm-hmm. in New Hampshire, about 45 minutes north of here. And uh, there was another good crew. Like we've we've had a solid crew of like eight people coming out every single day uh, to these court events. And we're talking bright and early. I mean, we were there at eight thirty, so we had to leave here around seven thirty. And uh, the, the real highlight, uh, besides Daryl Perry, you know, having a good time with uh, the, the police officer on the, the stand, and you know, basically showing the arbitrariness of the system. And bringing up the Shire Society, which is, of course, our uh, our, our new society that uh, some of us have formed here uh, in New Hampshire, um, which you have not joined, Mark. You are That's not right. a Shire Society member, but Daryl and I are. So it was kind of fun to hear the Shire Society brought up during the trial. The trial video is going to be available for you. Uh, in fact, it's, it's up right now over at the Freaking YouTube channel. Uh, the video, I don't think, has yet been posted to the front page of Freaking.com, but it is on the YouTube channel. So if you'd like to see that, it's available for you. But the most interesting part about today, I think, was that the trooper uh, in New Hampshire, the state troopers tend to prosecute their own cases. Often uh, happens, yeah. So if you get a like a speeding ticket by a state trooper and challenge it, you will be likely in court versus the state trooper. There's no prosecutor that they bring in uh, to handle that case. I don't know why that is, but that's just the way they do it. Okay. And uh, this trooper in particular mentioned prior to the uh, the trial, which, by the way, we were the only people in the courtroom for, or the courthouse. There was no one else there. Empty place, huh? Yeah. And so it was the trooper. It was about eight activists, a couple of court security agents, which kind of was a, a shock to me. It, it seems like sometimes they'll bring in extra court security when they know there's a Free State Project participant being tried. But that didn't happen today? That didn't happen today. So... Uh, maybe they didn't know that it was a free state project participant, but I'm pretty sure that they did. Anyway, the trooper in this case, um, Mr. Hickox, he was a pretty cool guy. Like, turns out he's a free talk live listener. <laughs> so, wow. uh, and you know, he told us that prior to uh, the program, and then afterwards, or the the, the court, the court. Uh, then afterwards, he uh, talked to me about con- uh, contributing to the local homeless shelter here in Keene, even though. He probably doesn't live here. Hundred nights. He's probably yeah. lives some d- distance away. Yeah. This uh, this was an issue that happened. But it in proves Newport. that he listens to the show. I mean, yeah. it's not like he just listened one time. No, he was definitely like listening last night. So pretty cool. It's one of those moments where 
oh yeah, this is New Hampshire, where it's really small. There aren't that many people in the bureaucracy here. And if you make a splash as far as media is concerned and activism is concerned, there's a good chance they're going to have heard of you. You know, it always stuns me. Um, like that wouldn't have happened in Florida. No, it, there's too many people, I would think. Right. It, <clears throat> excuse me. It always stuns me um, how many police officers listen to this show. And I wonder what it must be like, because, um, you know, on Free Talk Live, we talk about police malfeasance on a regular basis. Yeah. We try to be as fair as we possibly can. I think that in general, you're a cop hater. But, you know, that's just my opinion. What? Hey, that's what I think. Um, I think that you. How can you hate a cop and hug a cop at the same time? I think that you're trying to be superior, is what I think. I mean, that's I think you're ridiculous. Trying to, trying to show, your, show your superior. That's ridiculous to suggest that uh, hugging someone is to show superiority. I mean, hugging somebody is to show your humanity and to connect with another, with another human being. What a jaded, cynical little man you are! Ah, uh, yes, I'm a, a jaded, cynical little man. That's my view of it. I know you probably better than anybody else on the planet. I've terrible. spent more, hour, more hours with you than I'm your own mother has. In I'm your embarrassed own, in, to be in, in studio with you in right your, now. your adult life, and that's what I think. So, um, But I'm just always stunned when, uh, when police officers you know, listen to the show, and, and they tend to agree, the ones that tend to agree. So, I mean, uh, it, it shows the amount of liberty-loving individuals that are within the police and the military and mm-hmm. things like that. So... I think that it's important for liberty lovers out there to make sure that they don't completely alienate those folks. I mean, we had uh, some guy post, I think it was last night on the uh, Free Talk Live uh, Facebook page, that police are always bad. And Well, I mean, the guy was not doing the right thing. But then again, I don't know how many state troopers have the, you know, the, uh, the ability to drop a case. Yeah, he's there prosecuting the case, but does he have the ability to null pros? Mm-hmm. You know, a null prosequi is a you know thing that a prosecutor can do where they will just dismiss a charge prior to a trial. I would imagine he's taken orders from somebody, and that you know he's not allowed to just dismiss one of these charges. He's got to go or it to court. Bad if he did. Yeah. yeah. So. But I agree with with your assessment, Mark, and I well, not the assessment that I'm a cop hater. I think it's ridiculous. Um, I have way more interactions and way more positive interactions with the police than you, you have do. a lot more interactions. That's um, for sure, and most of them are positive. But anyway, uh, I think that it's true that you don't want to alienate them and you don't want to be hateful uh, toward them and that you don't want to be spiteful toward them, even if they are doing the wrong thing in an, in a given instance, uh, to you know not turn them off. And make them feel feel hatred towards you or animosity in some way towards you know the activism movement because they there's no reason why the people that are working for the government can't change their minds there's no reason why they can't become allies for the freedom movement no reason yeah the only reason that would uh, would stop that from happening would be negative experiences with those activists and when it comes down to it we are emotional beings humans are emotional beings and um you know as much as we want to strive for thinking about problem thinking problems through and things like that uh you know we we all at the basic levels um you know decide which groups we want to be involved with based on you know whatever experience that that's you know that we've had so it was a it was a pleasant morning. I, I'm really morning. stunned. I mean, court security did end up kind of freaking out over James uh, Cleveland's camera, who seems to be uh, 
the target for... He, he seems to have a, I don't know if death wish is the right uh, term, but an arrest wish. How about uh, that? Uh, he seems to kind of be... He's really pushing the, the boundaries, which I always enjoy seeing, but I don't like seeing people get arrested either. Um, and at one point, the security did notice he was filming outside the courtroom and, of course, had an issue with that and got up in his face and you know, tried to remove him from the courthouse. And he got caught at the door again, like... Just, like they were kind of blocking him, wanting him to leave, but blocking him from leaving at the same time. <laughs> and Daryl ended up like grabbing him by the arm and kind of pulling him out. He's like, "Hey, James, I've got a you're my ride. Mm-hmm. You can't get arrested right now." Uh, so yeah, still issues uh, with the uh, you know court security freaking out about cameras, but to a lesser extent today. So. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine that video will be available at some point. Uh, Checkfreekeen.com for that. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I'm in court again next week, by the way. Uh, I've got a speeding – no, uh, yeah, speeding ticket. Sorry, it's hard to keep track of all the t- different criminal charges I'm facing. Uh, I've got a speeding ticket next week, and it's actually not a trial. It's scheduled for what they call a speedy trial hearing. Okay. Now, I've been to one of these before, and generally it's a total waste of time. And so, you know, you might ask, well, Ian, are you kind of a masochist? Is that why you put in these speedy trial motions to dismiss? I, I do wonder. I don't know why I do it. I I guess it's just for practice is really the reason I do it. Um, this speeding ticket I got back in 2011. It's been over a year since I received the ticket, and the trial's not scheduled until January. So I put in a motion to dismiss. Hey, what happened to the right to a speedy trial? So I expect they're going to blow that off. We'll tell you more about that next week. 855-450-FREE. You take control. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live, you take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Just head on over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you there. Once again, freetalklive.com, 855-450-FREE. And you can join us to enjoy features like our uh, webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners because the cam is built into the same page as the chat room. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And know this, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. Why? Well, because if you've got a concentration of activists, you can have an impact. You can make a difference. You can effectively reach out to the community. You can effectively connect with the government bureaucrats themselves, as we found out today, uh, and we found out in the past. You can have an impact on legislative proceedings because you've got a concentration of people. You've got people who are willing to step up, who are willing to work together, who are willing to come at uh, a, a you know a problem from different aspects. 
you know, come at it from uh, civil disobedience, come at it from a legislative aspect, come at it from an outreach perspective, create some media, do some behind-the-scenes activism. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on here in New Hampshire. We obviously focus more on the more visible stuff because, well, we know what's going on with that. But there are some amazing people doing behind-the-scenes activism, you know, creating websites, uh, you know, creating tools like Keen 411 where you can send a text message out and it is then blasted to uh, recipients who have signed up to receive them via cell phone. So it's like a, like, kind of like a party line almost. Anyway, there's really neat tools we've got up here and we're just getting the ball rolling there are over 1,100 people that are here now as part of the Free State Project here in New Hampshire. They've made the move from across the country. Uh, most of them have. Mark, you and I came from Florida about six years ago. And even though it's been going on, the Free State Project's existed for over a decade now, we're still in the early mover phase. It's still you know, pre-completion. We want to reach 20,000 people who pledge to make the move to New Hampshire and get active for freedom. And we're only up to over 13,000. I mean, we're two-thirds of the way there, but we still got a little ways to go. We want to get to 20,000. So at that point, there will then be a five-year window in which all 20,000 have to move here to New Hampshire. And if you think that the stories you're hearing and the success stories that you're hearing in, uh, from New Hampshire on this show are exciting and, and really impressive now, wait until we've got 10 times as many people here. <laughs> because each activist has a certain impact. Each activist that uh, is doing is having an impact, and so the more activists you get together that are doing together in the same geographic area, the greater the impact. It's it's just common sense. It's synergy. I like it, and I'm glad to be here. And you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more. That's freestateproject.org. 855-450-FREE-BUCKWILD. We'll talk about that coming up here a little bit later on in uh, the program. This is a new MTV so-called reality show. Oh, I thought it was one of those uh, – the names for one of those uh, policing operations or military operations. Operation Buckwild. Uh, it does say, Yeah, it could, it could very well be that. Uh, there may be uh, – well, let's talk a little bit about police or militaristic operation uh, where the Obama administration is considering ways to overturn marijuana legalization in Washington and Colorado according to RT, Russia Today. New legislation in Washington state went into effect – Recently, that legalizes for the first time in ages the possession of marijuana. Federal law still says otherwise, however, setting up the Justice Department to make some serious determinations. Even as smoking up became protected by state law in Washington starting Thursday, coast-to-coast prohibition, as provided by a longstanding federal ruling, remains on the books. For marijuana advocates in the Pacific Northeast, or West rather, the lifting of the ban is a pretty big victory. That doesn't mean that the Justice Department has ruled out an intervention, however— Since voters in Washington and Colorado opted on Election Day to legalize small amounts of cannabis for recreational use, the Department of Justice has been relatively quiet over how it will handle what's likely to become a heated debate. in the shadows. Regarding states' rights, in an article published by the New York Times, uh, reporter Charlie Savage says senior White House and Justice Department officials are already attempting to tackle how to handle the new marijuana laws and are amid deliberations right now that will determine when, where, and how national law enforcement can intervene. Isn't it hilarious that the Obama administration is worried about marijuana? I mean, this guy who smoked copious amounts of ganja back in his uh, high school and, and college days suddenly has, no kidding, you know, suddenly is on a tear to uh, go after and arrest and incarcerate and fine people who did the same thing he did. It's what sick. a stinking, disgusting hypocrite! I mean, well, good so was Lord George Bush, heaven. and so was Bill Clinton. Well, Bill Clinton at least didn't go out and, and paraded all over the place. He said, well, I didn't inhale. 
Well, whether he paraded it all over the place. I mean, you can have a slight amount of respect for somebody like George H.W. Bush, who you just don't believe for a second ever smoked marijuana, for yeah, having some level H.W. H-W. Oh, H.W., I'm sorry. Yeah. Took, okay. The Do you ever smoke marijuana who just has ignorance around it, thinks yeah. that marijuana is the same as LSD, is the same as crack? <laughs> like, you know, that kind of uh, old codger that just doesn't get yeah. it? I, I get it. I mean, there's plenty of people out there like that, and I understand where they're coming from. They need a certain level of education, and maybe that le- level of education is a puff on a joint, and maybe it's not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But these, you know, Obama knows what marijuana is about because he's smoked pounds and pounds of it. I don't know about that, but he has smoked a lot. He was known as a real uh, pothead when he was in high school and college. It doesn't take to, I mean, you know, you smoke you smoke every day or a few times a day for a couple of years and you've you put it away, man. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, the numbers add up. This guy is a stinking, disgusting hypocrite who's out there arresting marijuana yeah. smokers and killing people around the world with remote control airplanes. Right. It's one thing to be a hypocrite. It's another thing to actually hurt people that you you know, are a hypocrite regarding. Because it's one thing to speak hypocrisy, and it's another thing to actually do things to other human beings. And that's what he's doing. And he's doing it all from pressure from police unions. I well, mean, that's what it's all about. I want to continue the story here in a moment about what they're planning. Police unions full of people who've smoked pot who yep. are also disgusting hypocrites. What they are planning, what is it they are going to possibly do as far as the federal government to respond to Colorado and Washington? But first, Justin is with us, listening to LRN.FM in Northport, Florida. Hey, Justin. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, Well, first, I just wanted to say that your call screener is doing a great job. Okay. He hung up on me twice thinking I was a cranker. (laughs) You just sound too young. I'm not not being sarcastic. He's doing a great job. (laughs) Well, I don't don't know uh, why he would have hung up on you. I mean, normally we're uh, – we've had a problem with some crank calls recently that – normally we don't have a problem with crankers on Free Talk Live, but they've been explicitly bad in that every time they get on the air they drop an F-bomb or something like that. They're not even good crankers. I mean, it's been been dozens of times. I've been hearing it on the podcast. And and so the board operator is supposed to do an – extra level of screening for anybody that sounds you know young suspicious and uh and and ask for a phone number and then voice verify and then you know actually call that uh, that person back so they shouldn't have been he shouldn't have just been hanging up on you and i'm sorry to hear about that no it's okay uh, he, he's trying to protect the show i think um but what happened was i'm listening on lrn.fm and i guess it's not supposed to work anymore what and uh i I think I heard. I thought I heard you guys say last week or something that LRN.FM app is not working anymore. Oh no, LRN.FM's fine. It's just there was a listener-created app for the iPad or iPhone that uh, no longer exists. So that. Oh, that's the I only guess thing. it was a misunderstanding. Yeah, stand by, I Justin. I know you're calling for another reason. So hang on, we'll bring you back here in a moment. And thanks for your persistence in getting on the phones here. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. More about cannabis. Your calls. Buck Wild on the way. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Take control of these airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we share with you there. We've got a mobile site for those of you with a smartphone. You can go to m.freetalklive.com. So our caller, who we'll return to in just a moment, Justin, was concerned. He's, what happened to LRN.FM? Uh, what, where is what, what the, the app's not working. Well, the app is something that a listener of ours put together. It's, it was only for the iPhone and iPad. And I'm not sure that he was using the app ever. I think that he thought that uh, the website wasn't working because we said the app wasn't working. Oh, okay. Well, whatever it was, uh, the app that used to be on iPad and iPhone is no longer available, and so that could be causing some confusion. Um, all you have to do to listen in to Free Talk Live is go to m.freetalklive.com, or if you want to listen to lrn.fm, go to m.lrn.fm. And you'll come up with the streams, direct links to the streams. You'll also find a link to TuneIn, which is a great little app that is probably not going to go anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> uh, TuneIn is a huge app that allows you to listen to pretty much anything that streams online. I mean, it's a really big catalog of radio station streams, internet streams, you name it. I mean, even police scanners. They've got it all over at TuneIn. And, of course, Free Talk Live and LRN.FM are listed in their service. So you can link to that directly, and TuneIn's available for every phone out there, every operating system, Windows, I, you know, iPhone, uh, Android, Palm. What are the other ones? They even have it for that, too. I know there's something else Blackberry? out there. Blackberry? Blackberry, that's, that's the one. Um, so go to m.freetalklive.com, get direct links to our streams, the software that you need to listen, and, and then the podcast as well. It's all free. M, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we all have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedom with an S, phoenix.com. 855-450-FREE. Let's continue here. Justin listening in Northport, Florida. You're back on Free Talk Live. So what was on your mind tonight? So uh, I have a conflict that I wanted to ask you guys about tonight. Sure. Um, I... Wouldn't necessarily say I'm a cop hater, but I have a probably a pretty strong prejudice against law enforcement officers. I try to remember that you know they're all individual people, but it's hard to remember that when you see a lot of the things that they do. Right. Um, but my real conflict is I have a couple friends and family who want to become cops, and I've tried to talk them out of it, but you know they either don't have a lot of education or they're prior military, and they think it's all they can do. Um, I have a friend who recently graduated the police academy, and I want to be supportive as his friend, but I'm not necessarily supportive of his choice, and I don't know how to go about doing that, being his, you know, being a supportive friend. That's an excellent question, and it's a shame that uh, Brad Jardis didn't, uh, wasn't able to make it tonight because he's a former police officer himself who might have some interesting things to add to this conversation. Um, any thoughts off the top of your head on that one, Mark? Yeah, first off, um, you know, it is it is the human condition that we think that uh, people in our group is are good and their group are bad. Um, that's mm. that's where we start it, just about everything. So if there's some way for you to include, um, and it seems like it's easier when you're talking about friends and family, those people in your group. 
and not consider that they're leaving your group, whatever your group might be, um, in order to go and do this policing thing. It's possible for police officers to do their job in a more just fashion. And what your goal should be is to, I mean, if you get pulled over and ticketed or you know pulled over for a ticket or whatever, wouldn't you rather have a more liberty-minded rather than less mem- liberty-minded uh, police officer pulling you over? Well, presuming this guy is liberty-minded. But wait, I'm just asking the question. Yes, absolutely. Having somebody more liberty-minded would be great. Um, and in this case, I don't know if I necessarily – I'm bringing him along the road of, to liberty, but he's not quite there yet. Uh, he was a neocon, though, although he's a, he's a lot better about it now. But he's, overall, he's a really good guy, and I think, he, I think he'd make a good police officer as far as doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I always fear that he could be corrupted, you know, because I feel like you see it all the time. They're a nice guy and, or a nice, you know, nice gal, and they get corrupted by the power. I don't want to see that happen to a good friend or a family member. Right. And all I'm telling you is, is to, um, you know, when you get told the stories, you, uh, you know, when and, and you feel that urge to critique the behavior. Remember that, um, you know, the the best way you can do that is with love and not to be preachy. Nobody wants to be told what to do. They, they have to come to their ideas on their own. And, um, you know, the fact is, is that. Police officers are fact of life in this world, and we would prefer to have ones that, um, you know, have best friends who understand the ideas of liberty Mm -hmm. rather than ones who do not. So let's work from that standpoint and, you know, try to bring him along the same as you have been all along. The goal is not to get him to to quit the police force, I don't think. Yeah, And if he thinks that that's the goal, it's never going to go well. That's a great point. I see your point there. So – I mean, that's that, that's where it's at, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, fine. I, the, some of the most fertile ground are people who work for police departments and military agencies um, as far as finding folks who believe in the ideas of liberty and bringing them along even further. That's some of the most fertile ground out there because, I mean, that's where I – those are the people that taught me about the ideas of liberty initially. Mm. Anything else on your mind tonight, Justin? No, that was it. Thank you very much. Thanks uh, for the call. Was very insightful. Thank Do you. appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for making the call. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. one 450 I, You know, I don't really have anything to uh, to add to that. I think that it's uh, great advice. I mean, it's got to be a little bit frustrating to know that somebody that you care about is going to be engaging in behavior that is not in favor of freedom. I mean, it, it just part and parcel of being a police officer means you're going to be expected to hand out tickets to people and that means you're going to be aggressing against peaceful people you know, and, and I'd, nothing love to, I'd love to have some time to talk to you about this idea of tickets you do agree that somebody can be going too fast on the road right it's possible to be uh, driving dangerously yeah so let me ask you this i mean isn't it better to now i'm not suggesting the piece the the, the speed limits that we have are a good thing i think that the speed limits occupy two areas in this world a they're an issue of safety and b they're an issue of revenue generation for governments and if we can remove b then we will have a and i think a is a good thing um safety is at least a relative amount of safety so how does the state who at this point is the monopoly in a monopoly owner of roads and not likely to want to give that up how do we have the state control safety when it comes to the speed of automobiles on the road 
Um, I don't know, Mark. I mean, you could, I guess, give out a warning or something. To call like it that. aggression is but really kind of pushing it. Isn't I don't it? think that you know, for the most part. If you looked at every speeding ticket case that people are involved in, I would say the supermajority of them are not putting anyone else in danger. They're just going over an arbitrary number, and they've been ticketed for that. What percentage of speeders out there are actually like the, you know, the crazed maniacs that you see barreling down the interstate that aren't police and, you know, rolling in and out of uh, lanes of traffic, you know, barely clipping bumpers and things like that? What percentage of speeding ticket cases are those guys? I would say less than 5%. Yeah. Um, because the, the cops just don't catch those people. They catch people that are going 10 or 15 or 20 miles an hour over the speed mm. limit, um, sometimes in you know places where it just doesn't matter. And I think that I think that this is one of the real problems with state ownership of, of the roads is that they don't know how fast you should be going. There's one reflective sign that sits on the side of the road and through sunshine and rain and yeah. uh, you know sleet and snow, dark and light. Always the same. Uh, you know, old, an old person driving the car or a 25-year-old yep. driving the car, you know, everything, a person who has shown themselves to be a good driver by not getting any, you know, any accidents, people who have gotten an get an accident every single year, all different kinds of drivers drive the same, have, are given the same speed to go on the road. Yeah, I would just say stop the fundraising. I mean, that that would be the way to stop that, but they're not going to do that because it's important for them to get money out of people. Well, the, one of the ways that they could do that is is just to donate the money directly, or have the people donate the money to charity rather 855-450-FREE. than eight five five four fifty free. You take control. Your thoughts are welcome. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices. Ammunition, knives, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and has the lowest prices. Go check it for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have on our site. We give them all away to you, and it's free. freetalklive.com. Though, if you would like, you can support the show. There is one, uh, a few different ways to do that. One of them is the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. AMP. You go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can learn more about it there and get signed up. With any major credit card, through PayPal, or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website, just go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about the perks you get, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, forum, and more. I'd like to specifically let people know that when it comes to the AMP program... You and I get nothing from that program. Mm. Um, all that money, as a matter of fact, that money, the three thousand something dollars that we get from the AMP program every month, yeah. plus more because you you uh, you know put more in, yeah. um, goes into the you know advertising, marketing, and promoting Free Talk Live. It doesn't have anything to do with paychecks or anything like that. Not at all. And that seems to be something that people uh, misunderstand in some cases well, about AMP, that it's uh, in some way a program to put food on our table, and that's not, that's not the case. 
Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I understand many of the podcasts and radio programs out there, um, you know, every one of them that, uh, you know, basically has you pay for some kind of, uh, you know, service downloads or whatever. Yeah. They all take that and put it into the, you know, towards the general fund, towards profit or whatever. Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with it. But Free Talk Live does something a little different. And the intention is, is that, um, you know, the, the money goes directly towards getting Free Talk Live on radio stations and things like that in order to, well, have it so that people who are, you know, putting money into the AMP program feel like we're using it directly to reach other people with the ideas of liberty. Indeed. So go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up. And by the way, the phone lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. And SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. You can find their banner at freetalklive.com. It's a top one on the right-hand side of the page. Um, it's, we've been a sponsor. Jason Osborne, of uh, one of the principals at SACL CAI, has been a sponsor of Free Talk Live for a very long time. We thank him. And if you have a business and you need to try something new in the area of uh, collections or accounts receivable or whatever SACL CAI can do it it's really three companies in one they do collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables you can find their banner at freetalklive.com top on the right hand side of the page still to come later tonight mark you're going to tell us about drones and war crimes uh it was only a matter of time before we started hearing about this Uh, but first we'll continue with the cannabis issue where the federal government according to rt and the new york times is plotting they're plotting ways to come after Washington and Colorado for the the hubris of those people there. What do they think they're doing? They think they can just do whatever they want to and legalize cannabis by a mass vote, mass popularity. Well, we won't stand for this in the federal government. We're going to crush you. That's where they're coming at this from. But let's go through a little bit more here from RT as to what exactly they may have in mind. Uh, this is according to, again, RT, and they're citing the New York Times. Uh, let's see. Savage is the gentleman, the reporter, Charlie Savage, from the New York Times. He cites anonymous sources familiar with the discussions going on in D.C., whom he says are considering plans for legal action against the states of Colorado and Washington. Meanwhile, the Obama administration last week once again chimed in on the topic, but as with earlier abbreviated statements, the only words out of the nation's capital forecast an ominous battle likely to brew for some time. When the results of the legislation up for vote in both states trickled through on the evening of the election day, the Justice Department dispatched a short statement clarifying the federal classification of marijuana as an illegal substance, which, by the way, according to their classification rankings, they believe that marijuana is as dangerous as heroin. Schedule A. Schedule 1. Schedule 1. This week, the United States attorney for Seattle once again warned federal law is still on the books saying that in acting the Controlled Substances Act, Congress determined that marijuana is a Schedule One controlled substance, regardless of any changes in state law, including the change that will go into effect on December 6th in Washington. Uh, growing, selling, or possessing any amount of marijuana remains illegal under federal law. Additionally, the New York Times quotes uh, Duncan, that state attorney, as saying the Justice Department maintains that its responsibility to enforce the Controlled Substances Act remains unchanged, meaning federal law enforcement isn't necessarily interested in adhering to local rules. Now, of course, it's one thing for the feds to say they're going to keep enforcing this, but will they be able to get the locals to assist them anymore? If marijuana is legal in Washington and Colorado... What will the police departments do when the, you know, let's say the DEA comes knocking, as they are known to do in departments across the country. Sure, and, they use local departments to, for all kinds of... Yeah, they uh, beef up their enforcement crew and yeah. that sort of thing. So, you know, let's say the DEA comes by in Seattle, goes to Seattle PD and says, uh, we got a drug bust we want to make here in town. Uh, we need to, we got some uh, alleged pot growers or pot dealers here 
And uh, so, you know, can you help us out with that? I guess they probably would because uh, marijuana selling and growing is still technically illegal in Washington state. So maybe they would help with that. But uh, but busting, you know, I think the idea is, is that legalizing an ounce or less means that the feds just won't do anything about it. You know, I mean, can you imagine an FBI agent uh, running around looking for somebody who's got a half an ounce of pot? Yeah, that's not very likely. A similar legislation approved uh, during last month's election is expected to go on the books in Colorado in the coming weeks. Even uh, and actually just happened. Uh, even before becoming official, however, some important state institutions have announced they won't be cooperating with the end of prohibition. According to the University of Colorado at Boulder. Their spokeswoman said, in order not to lose federal funds, we need to comply with federal law. That's Mm. interesting. I hadn't heard that part of the story uh, where apparently colleges, even though on college campus there's widespread use of cannabis today on every college campus across the country. uh, (laughs) I think it's a safe bet, yeah. They're claiming that they are going to continue enforcing cannabis laws on campus. But does that mean that they'll be charging people federally? With possession? Is that even possible? Do they have a federal possession charge? They must, right? Like, you know, if you if you happen to get arrested by a federal cop for something else and they find some pot on you, can they charge you with a federal crime for that? Is there a federal possession charge? I don't know the answer, obviously, but I would think that you're right, that they probably have something like that. So it looks like this uh, these bureaucrats at the schools are going to continue uh, cracking down in order to continue receiving money from the federal government. Uh According to NBC, Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper acknowledged before the law was approved that it would be an uphill battle for local marijuana advocates, uh, given the Fed's insistence in playing by their own rules. Seattle City Attorney Hickenlooper always lays it out like he sees it. Pete Pete Holmes tells NPR station KUOW that in his state, residents should be thankful that local law enforcement won't be tasked what is largely considered not just a non-issue but an expensive endeavor, whereas schools and universities in Colorado aren't considering the new law for the sake of saving money. Holmes says the legislation in Washington will actually save the state bundles. He says, I think they should acknowledge this newfound right. I think they should celebrate in the privacy of their homes if they choose to do so and be thankful that we're no longer arresting some 10,000 Washingtonians a year in the state of Washington and spending well over $100 million in law enforcement resources on that. That's from the city attorney in Seattle. Right. And this is something that every conservative out there needs to take into consideration. Just because you don't like to light up a spliff every now and then doesn't mean that other people don't just because you would prefer to drink beer rather than or you know a martini or whether rather than you know using marijuana doesn't mean that other people wouldn't and there's an incredible cost yeah and a cost a lot of unseen costs too but a lot of a whole bunch of them but there's an incredible cost in law enforcement more cops isn't better not when it comes to the rule of law. I mean, you, you, what you find is, is it creates a class of people who are then not accountable in the same way that they would be if you had a smaller policing force out there. Like, oh, I don't know, there was in the past before the drug war. 10,000 people, by the way. It's, it's staggering the numbers. It's 1.5 million people uh, nationwide are arrested for drug crimes every year. About half of them, around 800,000, are just for cannabis. Most of those, 80%, are just for possession. So, I mean, across the country, people are being aggressed against on a regular basis. And just the numbers are incredible. 10,000 people arrested just for cannabis 
In Can one you run year. those numbers by me one more time because they get a little confusing for me. Um, of the drug arrests, there are there are about eight hundred thousand of them are cannabis arrests. So is that eighty percent of those? Yeah, about half. About half of the drug arrests are cannabis, and about eighty yeah. percent of the cannabis arrests are for possession. Are possession only. arrests exactly. So this guy's saying it's only ten thousand. It's ten thousand people in Washington every single year, and that's a lot of lives being ruined. I know that you know a lot of people are under the minds the the you know the impression that oh it's just a little bit of pot it's no big deal, as far as the arrest is concerned. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just gonna find a slap on the hand. But it affects college and uh, you know getting. It affects everything. If you are at, you know if you've got a job and you get arrested, you could lose your job. If yeah. you're in jail overnight and you don't make it to your work the next morning. Or you don't get bailed out fast enough by somebody. Maybe you're in jail for a couple days until you get arraigned, for instance. You've probably lost your job when you get out. There's a chance of that. And certainly a possibility exists. Uh, or And or if they find out that you know at your job, the reason why you got arrested, that could also be a reason for you to lose your job. Yeah, I remember a next-door neighbor when I was living in Sarasota, Florida, older gentleman who got arrested for smoking marijuana after work. And you wouldn't believe the contrition that he uh, displayed to me before finding out that, like, I'm, are you kidding, man? You should be, you have the right to smoke a marijuana. And then suddenly his whole demeanor changed. There's more coming up here at 855 450 free. Hour two's next. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. I've been told no in many way. different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you to go this way? You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring time into the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Available now free in HD. See it now at victimlesscrimespree.com. Free Talk Live toll-free number here for you to bring up whatever you want, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you. Once again, freetalklive.com. Lots of different stuff on our website. You can in, uh, you can actually create the content. If you go to the uh, front page, you'll see that as you scroll down, there are numbered items. As you go down the page, those are numbered items voted on and submitted by you. They are links to various different things all across the internet, everything from YouTube videos to blog posts to news articles. If you find something online you want to share with us and our listeners, you just submit it as show prep, and then it will appear on our upcoming stories page where it awaits a certain number of votes before it will be promoted to the front page of the site. Go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. So we go to the phones here. Coming up, drone strikes and war crimes. Mark will uh, give us a little, a little bit more information about that. But first, David's in L.A., uh, David, or rather, maybe it's Louisiana. Sorry, David, where are you at? Uh, Los Angeles. Okay, uh, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, uh, you had mentioned the uh, the Washington and Colorado laws being being passed. <clears throat> Indeed. Um, here in California, we went just a step further than Washington did with our dispensaries, and uh, you know, it's kind of it, it's different in that in Washington, you're not allowed to grow or buy or sell, and uh, you know, the dispensaries here have had what. Ex- 
Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to talk. Nope. The uh, dispensaries here have had the DEA come in and um, uh, close them down. And yes. Sacramento has repeatedly told the owners of the dispensaries to reopen. Hmm. The moment the feds leave, they just reopen the dispensaries. So Sacramento really doesn't care one bit about what the DEA does or says. And this is the perfect model for states' rights. Right, where the state is backing the the people, the the people that are in that state. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot wrong with California. There's a lot of Mm. stuff you can complain about with California. But as far as this is concerned, they seem to have gotten it right. Yeah, I think that California will probably follow on the heels of uh, of Washington and, and Colorado. because With a legalization? Eff- effectively, of small amounts. Effectively, yeah. this is the case anyway. That's true. I mean, it's not hard to get a doctor's note. Just all you have to do is go to a doctor. There's some doctor in California that's going to say, okay, you got back pain? All there right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, back pain is the most complained about medical condition, uh, as I understand, out, out there. And it is just impossible to treat, and it's difficult to know if somebody's even experiencing it. Yeah, right. It, you can have arthritis. You could have migraine headaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, a number of, of ailments that it legitimately does alleviate. So, I mean, most doctors here, I think the percentage is like 80% of all doctors will just prescribe uh, on request. But also, there are holistic medicine. I mean, this is California, so you can imagine there's lots of holistic medicine places, and they, they actually promote uh, in their advertisements. If you want a card, come to our place. We'll give you yeah. a card. doesn't matter what, what your ailment is. Right. And it's like the medical profession just really promotes it. Right. And it's gotten to the point where uh, yeah, I was in, we were in L.A. recently for a talk radio uh, convention, and Carell was there, who's another uh, talk show host. Uh, he's quite an interesting character, but he's uh, you know got one of those cards, and he just loves the idea that he can walk down the street puffing on a joint in you know the middle of the city and not be bothered by the police. And they're not right. likely to bother you at all these days, as I understand it, because yeah, even though there's a chance that you might not have a card, why would they bother? Because half the people they're going to stop do have the cards, so they're just going to not even mess with it. They're Probably just gonna, more than half. They're just going to ignore yeah, it, exactly. and they're going to you know if you're walking down the street with a joint, you're not going to be hassled, as the way I was told about it. And that's that's an amazing success story. And I think it's it's really important to bring that out in the face of all this news about the federal government possibly doing something about Washington and Colorado. As you've pointed out, they haven't done anything to overturn California's medical uh, cannabis, nor the other fourteen oh, states. Tried. Yeah, they they have tried. I mean, they they haven't legally haven't gone gone into the law and tried to nullify, but uh, but they they intimidate. They come. Sure. They close the dispensaries down. They, but they as far as overturning the law itself, they have not successfully done that. And, and yes, the intimidation has continued. Yes, they have robbed at gunpoint these store owners, and that's horrible. Uh, and it's a shame that the state of California can't do anything to to actually protect these people. I mean, it's one thing for the city government to they say— They are an agency of protection, right? Supposedly. <laughs> uh, but then that would put their uh, federal money in jeopardy, likely, if they told the feds, hey, look, you, uh, you come in and raid one of our town's businesses again, and we're going to be there with police officers to stop you. I mean, that would right, be amazing. And that has happened, but I tell you what, uh, the moment— uh, these uh, these DA agents accidentally shoot someone in a dispensary. It's over. At that point, the, the state will will will, uh, will rise up and just say enough's enough. And I, I don't I don't doubt if sometime soon we see the state of California sue the federal government over this action. They've they've uh, repeatedly opened the dispensaries, reopened them again and again. Some mm-hmm. of them multiple times. And after a while, the feds just give up. Good. 
That's uh, that's as it should be. Yeah, I, I'd prefer to see that. Although it's it's a shame that there's people who are caught in the the grist mill um, yeah. along the along the way. I think that. Um, that's just how it's going to be. It's been though, 10 or 15 years. It's yeah. been 15 years, maybe? It has. Close to 20? 15, I don't know. 15, 15 years since uh, California had its um, medical legalization. Yep. It hasn't turned into any more of a cesspool than it already was. So why in the world does the federal government believe for a second that this is a problem? I don't think they really believe it's a problem. They just yeah. know they can and go you know and steal stuff. Cool? You know what's also cool, though, is that even the conservatives here in the state, even the conservatives have gotten to the point where they're saying, enough's enough. Just, just leave these guys alone. They're not causing any problems. Good. And they were the ones who were, who were the ones, they, they were uh, the ones pr- predicting the problems, you know, the, the decay of society in the first place. And now they're just, they've won over. The, the conservatives are saying, stop it. That's how, and that's what a conservative is, a person who doesn't want to see change. Uh, <laughs> and believe me, I'm speaking as a conservative. Uh, the, and that's how it is here in New Hampshire, too, with the gay marriage uh, law. The, the legis- this, New Hampshire was the first state in the union to pass uh, through the legislation through legislation a gay, gay marriage law and the fact is is the conservatives are coming around at this point oh my god you well, don't see them pumping different. in the street anymore they're, they're a little different no here in, my in good New you, you did not go to the town meetings where it was 40 percent in my town of uh, people in that town meeting wanted to vote for a uh, you know in the the first after the first year vote for some kind of sanction on the legislature for passing this really again. It, it did not start out this way. There were well, I've always all gotten kinds the impression of comments that, about Adam and Steve and stuff like well, that. I mean, those people are always going to be out there wherever you go. But I've always got the impression of this town meeting. They took a vote. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I've always gotten the impression that conservatives and uh, and uh, liberals in New Hampshire are a little different than elsewhere. I mean, you've got conservatives voting for gay marriage here. You've got uh, liberals voting for uh, gun rights. So things are a little bit different here as far as what people call themselves and what they actually believe. Great call tonight, David. I Appreciate the thoughts. 855-450-FREE. Hey, since we're still on the cannabis uh, topic here, there's the DEA and the drug agents are rolling out the scare stories about marijuana now, according to Thornton, Colorado's CBS4. No matter how regulated marijuana is now that pot is legal in Colorado, it will be hard to keep away from curious and unknowing kids, according to a member of a Denver-area drug task force. Of course, uh, you know, the drug agents the government enforcers are going to continue rattling the saber for increasing the war on drugs or or bringing back marijuana prohibition and of course their trump card they believe is to save the children we got to bring up the children they're going to get their hands they couldn't get pot before and now it's going to be everywhere which, by the way, the evidence is is that uh, that's that's not the case at all. When you look at places like Portugal, and I've actually got a, a story here somewhere in my show prep where I believe California has uh, said the same thing that uh, they have seen a diminishment in youth hmm. uh, uh, youth drug use. I'm yeah, pull to- that up. Uh, Jim Ger- Gerhart with the North Metro Drug Task Force told CBS Four, "Quote." There's plenty of evidence that this is a harmful thing for kids. I can't even believe I have to say that. We've seen children." infant age that have been getting into this stuff now here's what i (laughs) okay so a how do you get an infant to pull on a cigarette um i mean i suppose they could have found mom's bag of pot and then taken a bud out and chewed on it or something I su- yeah that's a possibility um it wouldn't taste good though i mean jack likes sweet things right your four-year-old son uh jack he likes things that are sweet do you think he would enjoy a dry flower 
chomping on that? I can't imagine, but uh, he's not a baby anymore That's either. True. So, I mean, a baby was much more likely to explore the world putting things in their mouth. But yeah. that doesn't mean they'll necessarily swallow it. But I remember that more video. More likely to choke on Do that. Do you remember the video of the Indian, the fat Indian kid that was smoking? Yeah, from like uh, the Middle East somewhere. C- cigarettes. Um, and... You know, it was kind of kind of a strange situation yeah. there. So I think you probably could get, but I mean, it's really harsh to pull on a marijuana cigarette. And let's so point especially out, as an infant, I would imagine. I, you know, maybe they pro- they probably won't do it again after they do it one time. And also, marijuana still hasn't killed anybody. All right, eight five five four fifty free. We'll continue with the propaganda in a moment. You take control. Free talk live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rots network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. Talk live. Toll free number here for you to bring up whatever you want. 855 450 free, the SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features on our site at zero cost to you. In fact, the features are loaded up. I mean, we got a bunch of them that uh, are free, but the other talk show hosts in the business want to charge you for You can go and grab up archives if you'd like. Get as many episodes of Free Talk Live as you desire. They are there for you, and they go back for years, so there's plenty from which to choose. Go to freetalklive.com. You'll see right at the top of the page the last seven days' worth of the show there for your convenience. Click into the archives section, and that'll take you way back in uh, as far as years of archives. And in addition, you can grab archives of Free Talk Live as well as Mark's Edgington Post interview series through our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.freetalklive.com. Or if you're already sitting at freetalklive.com, look on the left-hand side of the page under Listen and Share, and you'll find our SoundCloud link right there, which when you go to SoundCloud, it makes it really easy to both download and share our audio by clicking the Share button and syndicating it out quickly to your Facebook or Twitter feeds or whatever other social networking sites that you dig. So go to freetalklive.com, grab some archives for free. Have you ever thought about getting some stored food for some kind of emergency? If this been a, has been a consideration of yours in the past, um, you know, maybe maybe some of the things that uh, stopped you were, A, the kinds of ways that they store foods, uh, the types of foods that they have, and B, price. These were a couple of issues for me. Let me tell you about BuyEmergencyFoods.com's uh, Legacy Premium brand. That's the only brand they sell is the Legacy Premium brand. And the reason is, is because it's 100% certified GMO-free. It has zero MSGs, no artificial flavors, and they're the only ones also that put a oxygen absorber in every nitrogen-flushed Mylar pouch. This, they're the only brand that you're going to be able to find these kind of features with. They also have vegetarian and gluten-free options. And you'd think that all these extra features would you know, turn out to be more money, but not so. Uh, they are half of the industry standard 
when it comes to stored food and significantly less than every other competitor out there. Go to buyemergencyfoods.com. Take a look. They've got their um, – you can just go there and, and they've got a little list where you can compare uh, their product to the uh, to their competitors. And um, you know, I, I found it very motivating when I looked at this, uh, this particular list. It's under the product info tab in the navigation thing across the top. You just look for best value in the industry and you can take a look at it. But – um, when it comes to let, – let's just talk about stored food for a second. You can get a meal for $2.33. This is from um, – uh, this, this is if you, you, if you get their, their long the, – the cheapest bucket, the, the year's worth of uh, – you know, food, not bucket, but ch- cheapest uh, package is a year's worth of food. It's $2.33 a meal. Now, they have packages for everybody. If you just want to get 30-day supply and then buy one of those, say, every month. That way you're kind of storing up. They've got those options for you, too. Um, Again, use coupon code FTL to save 5% on your order at buyemergencyfoods.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE, that's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. Uh, The news out of Colorado is that government agents on the drug task force are still trying to freak people out about the idea of cannabis being legal, uh, suggesting that... Now it's going to be even worse for children because it's going to be more prevalent than ever before and kids are going to get their hands on it. He says, uh, this is Jim Gerhard with the North Metro Drug Task Force. He says that we've seen children infant age that have been getting into this stuff. And he doesn't specifically say what he means there, but I think what he's you'd getting think that at. That w- you'd think that that would be a court case and that he would be able to name the people that this happened. I mean, there's no citation here. It's an anecdotal kind of thing. It's sure, sure. But I think that what he's getting at there is there have been cases of young people like, you know, elementary school age getting... Uh, he said infants. He did say infants, and that's a possibility. But uh, young people getting their hands on pot brownies, for, for instance, okay. that they may not necessarily be aware have pot in them and have some undesirable side effects sure. as a result of that. Uh, and I, I know, I mean, if you eat cannabis, it can be very intense as far as, you know, the the feelings or the sensations that could come over you. If you drank uh, a fifth of vodka, it would be very yeah. intense. And as a elementary schooler or an infant, it could be, you know, a sickening kind of a intense for sure. So I get that. But as you pointed out, vodka is legal, and kids get you know their hands on that all they the mix time. That with, I hear I hear people mix that with punch, and it tastes good. Kids are more likely, young people are more likely to drink alcohol to excess to the point where they will get poisoned by it and and even die. Now, somebody might get sick out of off of eating a pot brownie. But the worst case scenario is they're going to puke and that's going to be it. Not feel I mean, good. Right. I mean, the worst know, case scenario is they to take lay them down. to the hospital and then they uh, get taken away and put in a foster home. Yeah. But the as worst far as case death, scenario has to do with the government. Death isn't an option. It's just not even on the table as far as somebody eating a pop brownie. Sorry. Just not going to happen. Well, sometimes some people will do stupid things while stoned, but uh, nobody has uh, died from the ingestion of marijuana. At Arapahoe House, a drug and alcohol counseling center in Thornton, Angela Borneman said marijuana use is already the most common addiction in teens that they see. She says they're now expecting to see more and more problem dependence cases with the passage of Amendment 64. Why would that be? You can't legally purchase uh, marijuana as a teenager. What makes them think that the fact that marijuana will be legally available to adults is somehow going to increase the prevalence uh, as far as teenagers' usage? 
I don't know, but um, I can tell you that the, the evidence is is when you look at places like Portugal and uh, Amsterdam yeah. that you know we've seen evidence up to this point that in fact teen drug usage has diminished in those areas. And now um, the Huffington Post has an article out. It says California marijuana decriminalization drops youth crime rate to record low. So that's the youth crime, not um, ingestion. But I mean, I, I, show me. Show me the evidence. Borman says many kids might be more willing to try something that's perceived as less harmless, such as a pot brownie. Whether they know what they're eating or not, the THC in such an item laced with marijuana can have serious side effects. Kids take pills all the time, but I mean, you don't want them getting into your pill cabinet. In children, she says, the particular, in particular, the brain is still developing. It's actually developing up until age 25, so That's we're not sure accurate. how the substances impact the developing of the brain. So she's just... That's just fear-mongering straight up. I mean, you don't even know anything about well, the, this. The, the ONDCP makes it impossible uh, to, for, study it. To, to study marijuana. Right. One of the reasons that we don't have studies is because of bureaucrats like this. Yep. Just straight up fear-mongering. This week, two different cases of pot brownies being sprung on people in schools have emerged on the front range. A teenage girl at Air Academy High School in Colorado Springs was hospitalized after eating a pot brownie a 14-year-old boy gave her the suspect now faces a felony drug charge. You know, for sharing you should, a pop brownie with you a friend. Be, well, you shouldn't be sharing brownies with people that, uh, you know, tricking people. This is a trick. This is a nasty trick. Uh, well, it does say that it was sprung on her, but that's just a one-sentence summary of a, of a news story. We don't yep. know if it was a trick. If it she, may have been that she it was just too powerful for her, yeah. and you know, it could have been her boyfriend that gave it to her. I mean, who knows? I you know, I understand the stories, and the fact is, is if you <laughs> share things like this uh, without people's knowledge, then you're going to, you're opening yourself up to legal action. And if uh, you just take brownies from people, that this can be really tough. I mean, you don't just eat an entire brownie just because somebody gave you an entire pot brownie 855-450-FREE you take control of the airwaves here so the fear-mongering is going to continue but eventually presumably it will die down especially after the numbers start coming out of places like colorado uh whereas you're pointing out mark in california teenagers are using it less which it's hard to understand that it's hard to believe that that this story does not say that oh it doesn't all right says that youth crime has diminished all right more coming up here it's free talk live Under the mistletoe this year, there's only one thing you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. Stateless sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. The holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year, so make your calories count with the very best handcrafted confections. Chocolate-covered pistachio brittle, salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. You need this for your holiday parties. Go to statelesssweets.com and use coupon code FTL to save 10%. statelesssweets.com Free Talk Live, toll-free number here, 855-453-SACL-CAI, SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. Uh, once again, head on over to freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will take you to that page on our site. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine at the top of the page at shrine.freetalklive.com. If you haven't heard about Bitcoins, well, you haven't been listening to Free Talk Live. Bitcoins are an online, peer-to-peer, open-source, alternative currency for use on the Internet. With them, you can send and receive money. 
online without having to pay any fees. That's a huge step forward and uh, makes Bitcoins in and of themselves valuable mm-hmm. because you know what it's like using one of these online banking th- situations where you move money back and forth. They hit you for 3% or something like that. And, uh, you know, that's a good – who wants to pay 3%? Okay. Not me. Now, obviously, it costs money to get into Bitcoins and it costs money to get out of them in the same way that if you transfer money to, into any currency, um, you have to – it costs money to, to transfer from one currency to another. So I think to some extent that's mitigated. But Bitcoins can be used to buy and sell on the Internet in so many different places. There are thousands of retailers, um, and we talk about many of them on, online or you know, on the air here on Free Talk Live, thousands of retailers that accept Bitcoins now, and they're growing all the time. Uh, if you want to find out more about Bitcoins, go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. We've got some links there. You can do some research and find out about them. What I find to be most valuable about Bitcoins is they give the average individual complete control over their money. Mm, yes. When when you put your money in a bank um, in whatever country you're at, that government agent, the government agencies are the banks are beholden to the government and the and they'll the do whatever they're told. Are, you know, they'll freeze your account. They'll turn over whatever information. They'll do whatever it is that the government tells them to in those areas. And, you know, I've come to the conclusion that governments and, uh, you know, countries around the world are, don't always have everybody's best interests in mind. So if you feel the same way, you know, maybe Bitcoins are right for you in that area. I think that they're going to be revolutionary for the world. Well, Bit- in my opinion, they already are. But yeah, BitInstant.com? Bitcoins.freetalklive.com. But you can get them by buying them at BitInstant.com. And there are yep. links there at BitInstant.com at Bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Right. 855-450-FREE. The cannabis uh, fear mongers are continuing to put uh, scary stories out there to, oh, you Colorado and Washington Why residents. Why does anybody even continue to listen to these people? I mean, they've been talking for decades, but marijuana is becoming more and more ubiquitous. At this yep. point, people know about marijuana. Well, they can they continue because they want to recriminalize it. I mean, the people, these government bureaucrats that are the enforcers, in this case, it's the Colorado Drug Task Force that was commenting on a uh, CBS uh, news story. These are the guys that are upset. I mean, hey, this is their their gig. This is their bread and butter. And this is what it all comes down to. It's the money. Yeah. There are... No, it's the children, according to them. No, it's the money. I mean, you know, they haven't... They have not cited a single incident. They're, they're not talking about studies and statistics. They're talking about... Let's anecdotal. say they do cite an incident. So some right. infant got but, some pot but they, in their they system. Won't even, at this point... It doesn't even rise to the level of truth. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I believe that some infant somewhere has gotten into a stash of marijuana. And I bet some infant somewhere has gotten into his mom's pill container too. Yeah, absolutely. How many kids die from getting into toilet bowl cleaner? Mm. I mean, you know. So let's be let's be fair here. But they're not talking. You know, they haven't even reached the level of truth because they haven't cited anything. But Mark, if it could just save one life. One innocent life. If you want to save an innocent life, stop people from driving cars. I mean, the fact is, far more kids are dying in cars than they are from the ingestion of mm. marijuana. Yep. So, I mean, you know, the world, life is a terminal disease. The only alternative is getting older, all right? So, I mean, the fact is, these kids, every single one of these kids is going to die. Give them 90 years, and the vast majority of them will be dead. Give them Mm -hmm. 110, and they all will be. So there you go. By the way, I posted this article about the Denver drug agents fear-mongering about children and pot. 
And we got some responses over on the Facebook profile, posted it to both, Twi- uh, both Twitter and Facebook. And Jeremy George responds. He says, yeah, kids never did drugs until they were legal. Ain't that a fact? <laughs> uh, dude, uh, Michael Kirk says, dude, my brother overdosed from smoking grass. You guys are so heartless. I don't even know if that's a joke or not. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know if he's referring to us or the commenters on the thread. I don't know anything. I don't even understand. <laughs> there has been a time when I uh, ate a couple of uh, pot cookies. I ate a couple, you know, a couple too many, mm-hmm. and I, I felt kind of sick. You know, maybe that was an overdose. I don't know, but it certainly went away, and I was fine. So right. Well, what qualifies as an overdose? It's subjective in the area of marijuana. Do yeah. I believe in overdoses for marijuana? Absolutely. Do I believe that uh, those overdoses kill people? No, they don't. I mean, how's your brother now? If he in fact did right. overdose, I I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't know the story here. I I kind of think he's kidding, so I I can't really say. And but. your brother, you know, he didn't say his brother was an infant. So therefore, your brother chose to smoke that weed in that case. And hey, it's not for everybody. Everybody's uh, bi- biology or their physiology is different. Uh, we're not all made equal, and uh, we, our human, you know, bodies react in different ways to different chemicals and different, uh, you know, stimuli. And so, therefore, what's good for one person may not necessarily be as good for another, and what's bad for one may not be bad for another. Uh, each individual has to, you know, if they're interested in altering their state of consciousness, which is the reason why people smoke cannabis, unless it's for medical purposes. Uh, if they're interested in altering their state of consciousness, whether it's drinking alcohol or smoking cannabis or doing some other kind of drug this is a uh, an area in which there may be a lot of charted territory out there for the rest of humanity but sure. for your own body you don't know until you try it and there may not be the best you know may not be the best experience for you in which case maybe it's not for you but to say that just because your brother had a bad experience with cannabis that that is the reason why everyone should stay away from it is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this is a drug that is widely used worldwide, has been used for thousands of years. There are, uh, you know, tombs that have been unearthed right. where, you know, the uh, the pharaoh or whoever had a bag of pot, basically, with them. They didn't have bags back then, but they had pot. They were buried with the stuff. I mean, that's how important that it, that it was to, to people back then. Uh, so people, human beings, have been utilizing this plant for as long as human beings Thousands have been around. Thousands of years. And uh, that means that generally, generally, people are pretty tolerant of it as far as their bodies are concerned. They're, they're able to handle this, uh, this plant. It's natural. It's nowhere near as dangerous as, as alcohol. And there are plenty of people that overdose on alcohol. And thankfully, we don't, have, we don't have people calling for it being outlawed, at least in any significant fashion. And most of those drug task force agents are probably going home to a beer or a, you know, a few shots at night. Right. Unfamiliarity is really what it comes down to. I mean, when you have kids dying from alcohol overdose, uh, you know, nobody calls for alcohol prohibition. When you have kids dying from marijuana overdoses, you have all kinds of people calling for marijuana prohibition. That's an issue of unfamiliarity. Now, tell me about this news you have out of California. I misunderstood you earlier. I thought you said that uh, or that you were saying that it was similar to the Netherlands and other places in that teenage use has gone down. No, that's not the the statement Um, here from the Huffington Post between 2000. Because that is what happened in the the Netherlands. That's true. And it's probably true in California, too. However, that's not what this article by Aaron Schenken um, is saying. Got it. Between 2010, 2011, California experienced a drastic 20 percent decrease in juvenile crime. 
2010 and 11? Between 2010 and 11. Okay, so just one year. Gotcha. Bringing the underage crime rate to the lowest level since the state started keeping records in 1954. Okay. Now, this is California, land of, uh, you know, youth gangs and things like that. Think about what you know about California from 1954 and the Beach Boys and Hot Rods and things like that. All right? Think about what you know about Cal- what you're told about California now with the with the crazy immigrant gangs and you know all the things that you hear and then understand this guy just wrote that bringing the age of the, uh, the underage crime rate to the lowest level since uh, the state started keeping records in 1954 and what a fascinating piece of statistics that is. I'm interested in knowing more about that. It. I mean, it's certainly just correlation. It's not necessarily causation that it was cannabis. Sorry, man. Life isn't full of science. Uh, Is there anything to even suggest that cannabis had anything to do with it? More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Toll free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Still to come, drone strikes and uh, war crimes. Mark will tell us more about that. Uh, Of course, we'll take your calls about anything, and you can join us over at freetalklive.com where you can get interactive. And if you enjoy this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Now, somebody emailed the show uh, the other day because they were concerned. They had gone to, to uh, shop.freetalklive.com. They had clicked into Amazon because there's different links for Amazon there, one for the UK, one for Canada, one for the US. And then once you, once you do that, you then just do your Amazon shopping as normal. And when you, uh, you know, when you check out, a portion of the purchase goes to Free Talk Live. Thing is, it doesn't show you anything. And yeah. that can be disconcerting for people. You know, And it would be great if Amazon showed, hey, here's the percentage going to Free Talk Live. But it doesn't work like that. Uh, basically what it is is it just sets a cookie in your browser when you go through our links at shop.freetalklive.com. And then Amazon detects that when you check out, I guess. And they know that, that we sent you to their site and they then send us a portion of the purchase price. But there's no visual indicator anywhere when you actually do this process. In this case, this person had gone to Amazon over the course of weeks and put things in their shopping cart or whatever, and then uh, went in through the through the link, through uh, mm-hmm. you know, shop.freetalklive.com's uh, US link, and then, uh, then bought all the things that were in the shopping cart. And all the experience we have is that this works as yeah. far as giving us a, a percentage, and their concern was, is would it um, in that way? So, yeah. Um, you know, just be aware when you go to shop.freetalklive.com and click into Amazon, there will be no further indicator that you are there on our behalf. It's just you have to believe that it will work. And it's, it's a faith-based thing. We don't mind checking on it. You know, if you if you're really really freaked out and worried that for some reason it didn't work out, just you can email and 
you know, send us a link to, or not a link, but send us a, you know, a few of the items that you ordered. Because when what we can do is we can look in our ordering information and see what what we can't see is your name, mm-hmm. but Amazon will show us all of the items that are ordered. So if you give us the day that you ordered and the the items that you ordered, we can track that down and and verify and make sure yeah everything's fine. Don't worry about it. But every time I've ever done that for someone, it's always been there. Yeah. So if you go to shop.freetalklive.com, click into the Amazon that's right for you. Just know that Free Talk Live will get a portion of it. It's nice to check every once in a while, though, just to check on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 855-450-FREE. Mark, you're saying that crime among teenagers is down significantly in California. That's right. In just the last 2010 to 2011 yeah, in a year. statistics collecting right. It's period. an amazing year um, it's, as far as uh, statistics go. And I, I mispronounced the author's name. It's A. Arnold Sankin. Okay. Shankin. Um, <clears throat> Not often prison shanking people here. Anyway, uh, it's uh, from the, the fact is, is that it brings the underage crime rate to the lowest level since the state started keeping records in 1954. That's shocking. It and, is really shocking. And I wonder if it's a fluke or because it is just a one year. I can't imagine it's going to go down from here. Yeah. But it says, according to a recent, re- recently released study, much of the improvement can be credited to the decriminalization of marijuana. Really? The study, entitled California Youth Crime Plunges to All-Time Low and released by the San Francisco-based Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice, looked at the number of people under the age of 18 who were arrested in the state over the past eight decades. The research not only found juvenile crime to be at its lowest level, Ever, but in the wake of then-Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger signing a bill reducing the punishment for possessing a small amount of marijuana for, from a misdemeanor to a simple infraction, the drop okay. in rates was, uh, was particularly significant. In that one-year period, the number of arrests for violent crimes dropped by 16%, homicide went down by 26%, and drug arrests decreased by nearly 50%. Amongst young people. Yes. So the drug arrests certainly are uh, an issue as far as that goes. Um, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a large number as far as the drop in drug arrests. But So they're saying this coincided with Schwarzenegger decriminalizing cannabis. Decriminalizing cannabis as far as, uh, yeah. Yes. Wow. The category of It's dr- correlative, but it's interesting. Yeah. The, tr- the category of drug arrests showed uh, decreases uh, in every type of crime. However, the vast majority of the drop resulted from far fewer arrests from marijuana possession. In 2010, marijuana possession accounted for 64% of all drug arrests. And in 2011, that number decreased to only 46%. Mm-hmm. California's drop in serious youth crime was decreased fa- has decreased faster than in the rest of the nation. And I think that this That's is amazing. really incredible. Why? We're, ta- we're told... Well, because I guess to just some... getting high instead of going out and committing crimes. Well, I'd rather have that. I don't know what the reason is, but I'd rather have that. It's the stu- interesting. The study's authors uh, discount a host of explanations as to why juvenile crime has dropped so partic- precipitously, such as changes in the way that statistics are gathered, demographic changes, harsher sentences acting as a deterrent, and like like harsher sentences acting as a deterrent to young people, and mm-hmm. other cultural factors like uh, family connections. They assert that the only two major factors uh, explain the trend, the loosening of marijuana laws and the improvements in the economic well-being of California's youth. Alternet reports... California's 2010 law did not legalize marijuana, but it officially knocked down simple possession of less than one ounce to an infraction from a misdemeanor, and it applies to minors, not just people over the age of 21. Oh, wow. Police don't arrest people for infractions. Usually, Mm -hmm. they ticket them. And infractions are punishable, not by jail time, but by fines. A $100 fine in California in the case of less than one ounce of pot. How about that? I think it's pretty- I didn't even know about that. That's great news. Yep. 
uh, the author here from Alternet says, I think it's pretty courageous not to put an age limit on it, said yeah. Males, a uh, longtime researcher at the juvenile justice and former psychology professor, sociology professor, excuse me, at the University of California at Santa Cruz. Arresting and putting low-level juvenile offenders into the criminal justice system pulls many kids deeper into trouble oh, rather than point. turning them around, Males yeah. said. A conclusion many law enforcement ex- That's experts an excellent point. share. And- and, you know, as somebody, Mark, who's been in prison for a number of years, uh, you know that's true. I mean, you go in there with criminals, you come out a better criminal, right? Yeah. I'm, you know, I mean, the fact is, uh, you know, within the first month of being in prison, I learned how to hotwire an old Ford, mm-hmm. um, older Ford. At the time, it wasn't that old. And um, the guys were practicing doing home invasions, They were they? practicing doing bank robberies. Um, they showed, you know, one guy showed me how you storm a bank. I actually watched him show some other people, but I happened mm-hmm. to be in the vicinity. Um, how you storm a bank is the, how he did it. And, um, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of situations. uh, And you make new criminal connections in there, too, right? Like, you know, you know, those these guys, you meet them and uh, if you keep in touch with them after the fact, after everybody's out, then if you want to keep doing crime, you've got some uh, some buddies. Yeah. You've got a little force that you can put together. I think that's the most persuasive part about this. In that, you know, you get a young person into the juvenile justice system. They go to juvie. They're around a bunch of other thugs at that point. And they're much more likely to join up with a gang, much more likely to get involved in more serious criminal activity. All they had initially was a bag of pot. They just wanted to get high with their friends. Now they're in the juvenile justice system surrounded by real criminals. Yeah, it, it happens. And, you know, the, once once they're in the system, they can also get, uh, you know, held. Things happen inside prison. People get more time held in longer in yeah. that way, too, because, I mean, they're in violent uh, organizations or vi- this- violent uh, you know places. I think this is the most this is some of the most interesting like most persuasive news about decriminalization as far as the fear-mongering around children because we were talking about earlier is uh you know the the cops out in Colorado the drug task force is trying to gin up a bunch of fear about kids smoking more pot now that it's uh it's semi-legal this is why I want the law enforcement community and the anti-drug uh, the pro pro prohibition community to come up with statistics show me the st- Studies. I mean, it shouldn't be that difficult for you to find them because there's all kinds of studies out there that talk about, you know, youth drug use de- decreasing with the legalization of uh, drugs. There's all kinds of them out there that talk about, you know, in this case, uh, you know, that crime in general goes Let, down. I love this. Let the kids get high if you want to have less crime, real yeah. crime. You want Forget less real crime. basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, this I is, think this is awesome news. Sacramento County Chief's Probation Officer Don Meyer I think he must be biased for drug uh, pro- legalization, right? Told the Rosemont Patch, we now get an average of seven juveniles a day, and that's count- come down from uh, 20 a day. Damn. It's the lowest. We haven't seen this number since 1970. That's outstanding. It's now, incredible. of course, for the bureaucrats, it's bad news because it means they might eventually have to cut their budget. But I'm impressed with that news, and that's, uh, that's great. And I, and I find that believable. Now that you bring up the point about young people not being thrown into a juvenile justice system to become more criminal-like, that, that seems really persuasive. I would say that's more than correlation. I, I love the HuffPo for uh, some of the articles that they put out there. They, they put out articles that many other news-gathering agencies just sure. do not have the guts to put out. Yeah, well, we just had one last night with uh, Radley Balco from yeah. The Agitator, who's a real liberty dude. I mean, HuffPo, people accuse it of being a lefty All kinds uh, group, of different people. But they do seem to have a good variety of, uh, of authors there on that site. So your thoughts are certainly welcome. Are you scared still of the idea of marijuana, cannabis decriminalization? 
Or is this persuasive? I say that's pretty persuasive. You know, and I think everybody, I, I, I even thought if they decriminalized it that you'd see this just, you know, this in, this degradation of society to some extent. But, yeah, doesn't seem like it. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI, toll-free line. You take control. Drones and war crime still to come here tonight, as well as Buck Wild. We'll tell you more about it. Free Talk Live. You take control. Hour three's next. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So once again, freetalklive.com. Tonight, it is Ian here. And Mark. Uh, You get to create the content on the site, so enjoy that. It allows you to actually uh, vote on the stuff you see on the front page, the upcoming stories page. You can submit fresh content to the site. Go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Still to come here, we've got the drones and the war crimes that are already becoming associated with them. Mark's got some details on that. Also, uh, I've got another story here, I think, let's see, from examiner.com. They are talking about more of the uh, the fear-mongering. We had talked about how the fear-mongers in Colorado are trying to scare people about, oh my God, it's legal now, the cannabis is going to be eaten by children, and they're going to be poisoned. And they're really trying to freak people out about the idea that uh, somehow decriminalization or legalization of cannabis would lead to more young people being somehow poisoned by cannabis, which is, you know, pretty ridiculous. But here's another story that's related. A marijuana or as marijuana smokers gather beneath Seattle's Space Needle to celebrate the fact that the drug was legalized in the state of Washington. The DEA continues to warn youth that legalization doesn't make something right or good for you. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Illegalization doesn't make something wrong or or bad bad for you. you. When marijuana is smoked, according to the DEA, the drug THC moves into the user's lungs and then into their bloodstream, where it is then moved into all the organs in the body, including the brain. Oh, I think that it's. Uh, I think it's an accurate statement to say that smoking marijuana is probably not the most healthy thing that one can do. Um, that it might be prescribed. You know, it might be good for people with certain conditions and that kind of thing. But everything has 
side effects and that, uh, you know, it's not a great idea to take combusted plant material into your lungs. That said, however, this combusted plant material is significantly better for you as far as they can tell from studies. They've shown it's even anti-cancerous. Than the combusted plant material uh, contained in tobacco cigarettes. Right. The pot smoker's brain says the DEA will be affected in a variety of ways as a result, including problems with memory and learning. I think that there's I think there's a certain amount of, uh, of of accuracy for short-term memory. I don't know about learning. Maybe when you are stoned, it won't work. But artists have used uh, marijuana for creativity purposes for a long time. So I think that there's there's an offset to it. Dis- I don't recommend marijuana to anyone. I don't recommend anyone recreationally doing any kind of drugs. But I know that people are going to. They also say that they're, uh, that one of the other ways it will affect one's brain is a distorted perception about things. Things. <laughs> I think that's how you describe getting high in uh, go- government ease. Uh, default difficulty in thinking as well as problem solving and a loss of coordination. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I know we're just talking about cannabis here, but, you know, when you end up hearing stories about, like, Steve Jobs at Apple praising LSD as one of the most important experiences in his life— uh, then it really makes you rethink all the stories that you've heard about how terrible uh, drugs can be for people. I agree with you, Mark. It's not appropriate to recommend these things for everybody, but it is realistic to understand that people are going to use them and that maybe having a distorted perception about things is just another way of saying that you perceive things differently. I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing. And that's one of the reasons why artists use drugs is so they can distort their perception and or perceive things differently. So they can maybe draw differently or, you know, interpret things differently that would result in a differing art form than they otherwise might be able to uh, to produce. And Fox News, uh, or excuse me, this is especially bad, they say, for those who drive and the people on the road who will encounter them as it can slow down reflex time at red lights, stop signs and emergency traffic situations. And Fox News reported. I think it can do things like that, and I don't think it's appropriate to get in the car and drive while stoned. Um, I mean, I I have driven cars while under the influence of marijuana, and driven the car and driven cars while under the influence of uh, alcohol in my youth. I don't recommend either of these activities, but I can tell you which one was more dangerous, and that was alcohol. And uh, you know, I. I, I think that they, you know, the the marketplace needs to come up with some system for finding out whether or not someone is stoned behind the wheel, not whether they've smoked smoked marijuana in the last thirty days, but they need to know this, and then the punishment needs to be commensurate with the level of, um, you know, sort of yeah. danger they were causing on the road. Well, I don't think there's that much uh, of an increased danger. I mean, at least studies show that cannabis users, uh, when are when they are driving are less dangerous on the road in some statistical uh, studies, uh, slightly less dangerous than sober drivers. I, there because certainly the cannabis studies, driver yeah. can compensate accurately for whatever impairment they may perceive that they might have. They can, they can be aware more so than a drunken driver that yep. they are impaired, whereas a drunken driver, if they've had enough to drink, will you know, go crazy with driving. Well, even if they don't go crazy with driving, there's still a danger behind the wheel. Right, because their reaction time is lowered. But certainly there are people who, uh, you know, can be drunk and feel as though they're just fine to drive. Everything's fine. I'm doing fine. But in point of fact, they're S-faced and they could not possibly be affected behind the wheel. That's just not going to happen usually with a, a cannabis user. I, I will absolutely concur with you that, uh, well, it's it could happen um, that marijuana, far less dangerous when it comes to being mixed with cars. But A, America's not ready 
for um, you know people stone to say, okay, you can be stoned behind the You're wheel. You're less likely to be cocky behind the wheel as a stone driver I will than, agree a, with you. than a drunk driver. And what I'd be interested to see is somebody doing more studies on this. I mean, let's well let's now we can start the, looking at some studies, right. and that's the problem with the ONDCP not allowing people to do studies up to this point. Let's get on a private track. And let's get some pot users and some alcohol users, have them toke up as much as they possibly can and drink as much as possible and then put them, you know, in a test. I want people that haven't used marijuana and haven't drank drank alcohol, too. Sure, you have to have the control group. Initial, uh, initial, uh, you know, situations, too. Let's get people who are, like, fresh out of bed as well and see how they do in those uh, driving tests. Anyway, uh, according to, let's see, uh, short-term and legal problems from using cannabis can be followed by long-term problems, which can use uh, or can include a marked decrease in the user's desire and motivation to achieve the goals they used to have in life. I don't think that this is most, I mostly don't think this is true. I mostly think that this is just uh, it's propaganda. Crap. Because the fact is, is this whole piece have, is propaganda. You're going to have lazy kids out there, um, you know, that are going to turn into lazy adults, and you're going to have lazy kids yep. that are going to turn into productive adults. And some of them are going to smoke pot. And some of them, and definitely, you know, this is the thing you don't know: Do, are lazy kids more likely to smoke pot or not? And I've known plenty of doctors and lawyers and Indian chiefs of all stripes yeah. that are out there, and they have smoked marijuana, and it doesn't make them losers losers i mean they're somehow able to 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 rise to the tops of their professions without it being a problem right it's just that those people the doctors and lawyers and such the Mm -hmm. business folks they're not as likely to get pulled over and arrested for cannabis that much is true so when people are looking or even have their car searched right so when you look at the people who get arrested for using cannabis you're looking at young people you're looking at poor People people of color yeah yeah, well, people of color as well. But, you know, if uh, you're looking at people who are generally poor, because generally uh, the people of color that are targeted are the poor people of color, yes. not the rich people of color. So it tends to be some uh, these arrests tend to affect poor people and young people more so than anyone else. And, of course, poor people are poor because of certain, you know, habits that they have and uh, ways of being. And to some extent. Yeah. And so. You're more likely to, in that group of people, when you start interviewing them and talking to them about, you know, well, let's talk about your addiction. Why are you doing this? Well, they're more likely to tell you a terrible story about how they're losers and uh, well, they smoke pot, too. So you're not – the people that are looking at the pot-smoking you know, convicts, if you will, are not looking at the people who aren't getting convicted, which is you know, millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people in this country that use uh, cannabis right. recreationally and never have a single issue with productivity at all. Those the, people don't show up on the radar. The studies are bent because uh, you know, they, don't, they, they don't get these people who are in the higher echelons of uh, the, the, the earning potential out there. And secondarily, one of the reasons that those people are in the higher levels is they're smarter enough not to answer yes i smoke marijuana on a on a on a mm-hmm. quiz i mean you know <laughs> i'm not going to necessarily tell you this information according to this propaganda piece at examiner.com uh, they say that the drug can also create apathy towards things that are u- that used to bring pleasure to without really getting specific what that's supposed to mean. Right. You're not going to want to play with your Star Wars figures anymore. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. Is any of this, does any of this sound accurate to you at all? You're welcome to comment. This is Free Talk Live. Take control here. 
Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Puke in the gang. And cake. Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want, if you would like. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you in studio here, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for news updates. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You'll find our email list there. And also uh, Twitter and Facebook. You can link over to those and follow and like us. Uh, And then you can interact further there. Because uh, during the show, we'll post updates to twitter and facebook including show prep sometimes some questions observations uh, and you're certainly welcome to comment sometimes those comments will be right on the air so go and uh, follow us on twitter and facebook and sign up for email address or email updates over at news.freetalklive.com what if i told you you get a mortgage for 2.5 percent i know it's an incredibly low rate and the fact is that mortgages are at historically low rates right now also the fiscal cliff situation coming up is uh, getting people in Washington thinking about cutting out the the home uh, interest deduction. So having a lower interest rate is even more important right now. Uh, we don't know how long these rates are going to last. This is you know this is the rate that we have right now at uh, a two point five percent on a fifteen year fixed of uh, one thousand. Excuse me, a fifteen a uh, hundred fifty thousand dollar payment um, is just well a thousand dollars a month. You can go to MortgageMinuteGuide.com to uh, apply for this incredibly low uh, rate loan uh, by going to MortgageMinuteGuide.com, filling out their three-question application right there on the website. Or you can give them a call. I'll give you the 800 number here in just a second. They do loans in all 50 states. We've worked with Mortgage Minute Guy for for some time here on uh, Free Talk Live. 866-288-0088. 866-288-0088. They've got experts that will help you, like I said, in all 50 states, get in on, on this really great rate of 2.5% on a 15-year fixed loan. The reason you'd want a 15-year fixed instead of a 30-year fixed? Well, so you pay far less in interest. No doubt. 855-450-FREE. A little bit more on the fear-mongering than the drone campaign uh, that is resulting in uh, apparently some war crimes uh, being committed. Mark will tell us more about that. But they uh, are reaching out, the DEA reaching out to warn teens about marijuana use. They're saying that teens should just think twice. There's a new campaign. They've started out to advertise to teenagers to reconsider the use of cannabis because it could, according to the DEA, uh, possibly lead to hallucinations, mental confusion, and panic reactions. The drug also, they say, has the capacity to increase the risk of depression and mental health conditions in users as well. So here's one part about marijuana that doesn't get discussed very often is is there's some correlative data um, and even some perhaps causative data. It's difficult for me as a layman to really know between, uh, you know, people who have propensities towards, uh, you know, some kind of psychological illnesses and the on onset um, of of it and use of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Like maybe some people who 
wouldn't otherwise have schizophrenia are more likely to get it because they used marijuana. However, there's also evidence that people who are, um, are prone to schizophrenia are more likely to use marijuana. So you have this situation. I don't think legalization even matters in this area mm-hmm. because marijuana is ubiquitous before legalization. What difference does it make? Incidentally, the Daily Mail reported Thursday that a deputy with the Multoma County Sheriff's Office who helped start the Faces of Meth photo project says he wanted his From Drugs to Mugs campaign to show kids that everyone in those pictures started on cannabis. They didn't just dive headfirst into heroin. Well, everybody on those pics probably started with alcohol, too. Um, I mean, that probably came beforehand. Possibly. You know, I mean, alcohol is just as much of a gateway drug as marijuana is. Tell me the difference. You could argue that uh, cannabis is more of a gateway drug because in order to get cannabis, one has to interact with drug dealers. And so therefore, they're more likely to be subjected to the possibility of purchasing other harder drugs. So that's an argument to get marijuana out of the hands of the drug dealers. And into the stores. And into stores where people can buy it like they do beer. Yeah. I mean, this is the old one of the oldest arguments against cannabis use is that, oh, it's a gateway drug. Well, guess what? Hey, government guys that are bringing trotting that one out, maybe you should check the Institute of Medicine study that the government funded back in, I believe it was 1999, uh, which found conclusively that that's bunk. The idea that marijuana is a gateway drug. Actually, they had funded the study with the intention to prove that it was a gateway drug. Mm -hmm. And how about that? They actually ended up, I guess they must have hired the wrong scientists because these guys were honest and actually came back with the the information that said, yeah, no, it's prohibition that is the gateway. Mm. It's prohibition. The fact that people are who are searching for these products encounter other drugs through prohibition because they have to go to drug dealers to get them, that increases the likelihood of them utilizing other drugs down the line. Sorry, gateway drug, total myth. Nonsense. 855-450-FREE. Uh, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Although, I got to give them credit for the Faces of Meth project. It's a very persuasive project. Have you ever seen this, Mark, where they yes. they track yeah. photos of meth users from Two of them. the first time? No, there's several of them. Okay, the one I've uh, seen a couple of them that are very, very persuasive. Right. They're, you know, they start with like a young lady. She's arrested maybe in her early 20s mm-hmm. and the first mug shot that uh, they took of her and then over time, you know, the Just deterioration. Because they, they keep getting arrested. Yeah. Uh, you know, then, you know, each mug shot over time looking at what this person becomes it's horrifying. Oh, yeah. It absolutely is. And, it, I mean, there's no doubt. But that's for meth. <laughs> and the same thing, not true of somebody who smokes cannabis uh, for several years. But also, um, meth you, will absolutely ruin you. I, I agree with you on that, that meth has physical effects that are terrible. Um, it's it's in, It would be interesting to know whether meth would have ever been created in the absence of the drug war. Good point. But let's Probably say not. Let's say that it would. Uh, who knows? Um, this is a this is a cho- choice that this person makes, and they should be educated in their choice and how that's going to work out for them. Um, that's really what it comes down to. Indeed. So that's uh, I just you know came across this other uh, fear mongering story. Figured I'd uh, share that with you. I'd also like to point out that uh, sort of the the lifestyle that goes with drugs is mostly created by the the drug war, because uh, meth and and crack and heroin all these things are so much more costly than they would be if they didn't have this added cost of trying to avoid uh, enforcement uh, built into them. 
then people would only be experiencing the deleterious effects of the drugs themselves. Manufacturers would be attempting to mitigate the deleterious effects of the drugs by having, you know, the safest meth around, um, or whatever it is that mm. they're, they're arguing. And uh, you, you, would, you would find far less of this. Yes, it is terrible, the deterioration that occurs in people that use drugs like meth and crack and things like that. But let's not forget that many of those people are in those conditions, at least in part due to the drug war, not the drugs. I'd like to see the Faces of Alcohol Project, by the way. I think that would be interesting as well, because who hasn't seen the old lush? Mm-hmm. You know, just you see somebody in their 50s and or they look like they're in their 50s, but they're actually 35 <laughs> and they've, you know, their face has turned red from all the yep. blood vessels the, popping the blossom. Uh, due to their alcohol habit. It'd be interesting to see a picture of that person at age 18 when they were fresh faced and uh, and young and watch their progression, uh, progression or di- digression. Over yes, but time. they don't get arrested nearly as often. True. These were mug shots. Yeah. Hey, Which, uh, by the way, are probably the least uh, you know flattering pictures out there. By the way, credit going to uh, J King eighty seven sixty seven for that uh, propaganda piece. He posted that to freetalklive.com. and the earlier story we did about uh, from RT about Washington and Colorado that was from Wax Cracks also posted to our website at freetalklive.com. More coming up. You can bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number here tonight, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you will find on our site. We've got live streams. You can get tuned in via uh, over at listen.freetalklive.com to our broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the show. There are different uh, speed There are different speed connections for different internet uh, speeds that you might have. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in there absolutely free. In addition to our streams, you've got over 100 radio stations from coast to coast that carry this show at various different times throughout the week. Just got a signed agreement from a station that's going to be coming on sometime in January uh, after Neil Bortz decides to go into retirement. Can you give me a state? Alabama, all right, which is one of our most popular uh, states. Yep. People love us in Alabama. Anyway, uh, I can't do tell you. Listen, the, the yeah. ratings are great. I can't tell you more than uh, than that because I, you know, always only like to announce the station officially after they've started. But uh, just for those that don't know, Neil Bortz is the purported libertarian, like most known libertarian talk show host. He's not really a libertarian. He's just one of those talk show hosts that says that he's a libertarian, so he well, can sound different. He- Okay, for one, um, he's good on the war on drugs. I'll give him that. Uh, one. But but he started with the term libertarian. He was libertarian before, before libertarian was cool. was cool. That's true. Um, and I I will give you that he isn't. Uh, he doesn't embrace the ideas of liberty as thoroughly as no, we do here he's a on warmonger. Free Talk Live. But um, you know, he he's a he's a gateway drug to uh, to the ideas of liberty. Well, he's leaving radio in January, late January. So if you know of a station that carries him, uh, if you you know whatever time of day they carry him, especially if it's late nights, because some stations delay his show. 
then you should contact the program director and ask real nicely for Free Talk Live. Some of these program directors still have not yet made a decision about what to do about Neil Bort's leaving. And uh, they're going to be choosing between taking his replacement, which is Herman Cain, or going with something different. And so that could be us. Anyway, uh, you can go to localfact.freetalklive.com, localfaq.freetalklive.com. That will tell you more about how to contact local stations about Free Talk Live, give you some suggestions, some helpful hints as to how to be as effective as you can be about that. I recommend it. It uh, could make a difference. could get Free Talk Live on the air in your local area. Are you tired of general preparedness and survival advice with no reason or context behind it? Do you think that single scenario focus of uh, survivalists on TV shows is kind of silly? With all the fear hyping, do you sometimes wonder about the reality of historical and potential disaster situations? StrategicSurvival.com will help you understand what might happen, how it might affect you, and those you care about, and what you can do about it. With the knowledge that Strategic Survival contains um, and other material it references, and by taking simple action to prepare, you can turn fear and worry into confidence and peace. It's strategicsurvival.com. The Kindle version is on sale right now for the end of the world sale for uh, good till the the 21st for $1.99. That's $2 off. I mean, that's it's half price. $1.99 for the Kindle version. Um, it's a great idea to get this version, read the book, and then if you decide you need to have a hard copy for whatever kind of preparedness uh, pack you might have, then you can go ahead and get the hard copy. But get the Kindle version for $1.99 at strategicsurvival.com. You can read the fourth chapter completely free right there on the website if you need if you want to you want a little more information before you buy. Strategicsurvival.com. Let's talk drones, Mark. You got a story about drones and war crimes. It was only a matter of time. What's going on? Well, um, this one's coming from let's see, excuse me, from businessinsider.com, uh, Michael Kelly. NY student, NYU, excuse me, NYU student Josh Begley is tweeting every reported U.S. drone strike since 2002. And the feed highlights um, a disturbing tactic employed by the U.S. that is widely considered a war crime. So Business Insider probably isn't the the pinnacle of investigative journalism in this country. So I wanted to check myself. I looked at and did whatever investigation I could do online to check this out before I uh, read the story and appears as though what's being said here is true. A known tactic, hmm. uh, a tactic known as the double tap. The tactic involves bombing a target multiple times in relatively quick succession, meaning that the second strike often hits the first responders. So it's like a sniper sh- wounding a soldier and then picking off his uh, friends. The that medevac come to get team him. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a nasty thing to do. Mm. If because and what it points to is a lack of uh, of knowledge of who the bad guys are. Because what we believe here in the United States is well, uh, the military is finding out through intelligence channels who the bad guys are. They're using the drones to find the bad guys, and they're dropping bombs on the bad guys. Sometimes, bad guys around the bad guy will die, and that's okay. That's what the general, generally people think about these drone attacks, because it helps them sleep at night. Yeah, who However, wants to think that, uh, that people are killing innocents in their name? 
Well, I don't know whether they're innocent or not, but it does show they don't know who the F they're bombing. Yeah. Okay? Well, because if, if they don't know, then odds are good. Right. They're just, you know, they're, they're, they're assuming that there's a bad guy in this area and everyone around that might help a bad guy who's been killed must be a bad guy. That ridiculous. is irresponsible. It's irresponsible to a criminal level. Well, except that no one will ever hold them accountable for it. No, you can't hold governments accountable. They have a monopoly on the use of force. And immunities as well. What do you do? If you decided that this was a war crime, who do you arrest? Barack Obama. Good luck getting close to him. How do you arrest a Barack Obama? He has law enforcement. He has has what? A million law enforcers that will come to his aid? Can't be done. Lockstep without thinking for a moment whether or not what you're saying is right? They're not going to investigate this. I mean, what? Why isn't the Washington's, you know, city police department investigating this? Well, because they don't have jurisdiction. Well, who has jurisdiction? Some These kind of world court, right? They're even they're immune. And uh, even though in some places, I believe in uh, during the Bush administration, some places convicted George Bush or Dick Cheney mm-hmm. of war crimes. They can only be arrested if they ever set foot in those countries, like Nigeria or something yeah. like that. Yeah. A 2007 report by the Homeland Security Institute called double taps a favorite tactic of Hamas. Hmm. And the FBI considers the tactic employed by— Good enough for them? Good enough for uh, the U.S. government, apparently. Yep. The the, the FBI considers the tactic employed by terrorists. U.N. special reporter on the extrajurisdictional killings of Christoph Heinz said— the extrajurisdictional killings, Christoph Heinz said that if there are secondary drone strikes on rescuers who are helping the injured after an initial drone attack, those further attacks are a war crime. Mm. The U.S. refuses to discuss the merits of its overtly covert drone program, but the reports featured on at drone stream, that's at drone stream on Twitter, Twitter. clearly document the u.s hellfire missiles have Hmm. intentionally targeted funerals and civilian rescuers wow because who would else would go to the funeral of a terrorist but terrorists who cares if you kill the wives and children of these terrorists they're terrorists too just by being around them a terrorist is more likely to give birth to terrorists right if they weren't terrorists before you kill a loved one and then you might create some new terrorists out of that yeah and it is the tactic of terror, by the way, and I think that was an interesting uh, point because that is ultimately what governments are. They're just terrorist organizations that, have risen, to the terrorist le- right, organizations. that have risen to the level of being able to cover their terrorism with all manner of window dressing like courtrooms and legislation and you know uniformed officers. They don't look like terrorists. You know, they don't look like some ragtag bunch. They, uh, they have legitimacy, as it's called. And they're able to get away with terrorizing people on a day-to-day basis. And at some point, an individual may realize that they're being terrorized because they're afraid. If you're afraid, that's a slight clue that you might be being terrorized. If you don't like what the government does with your money, but you're afraid to not pay ta- in your income tax? You might be a terrorist victim. You are a terrorist victim. Yeah. So that's what government is. I mean, they're just the most successful criminal gang. Not just and the U.S. government. This is all every, government. every government that uses the monopolistic right. state model. Which is every government that we know of today. Right. And I'm not saying that other governments couldn't, uh, you know, that some other government couldn't come into the future and not use this model. I support that. And I it, think we need to try new things. But when you have a monopoly, no new things get tried. And it doesn't even mean that the people in government consider themselves terrorists. They think in a lot of cases they're doing what's good and what's right. So do the terrorists. 855 
450 free. The SACL CAI toll-free line coming up. Buck Wild. We'll tell you about it. It is a controversial new television show on MTV. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, toll-free number tonight, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you here, it is Ian and Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the fact that we give you all the website features for free, you can promote the show. And get a free bumper sticker, download web graphics, use them on your website, your blog. You can grab flyers, print those out in real life. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to get all that stuff and more. That's promote.freetalklive.com. We're on in Charleston, uh, West Virginia, during the third hour here of our weeknight program. And uh, listeners in West Virginia may be aware of some controversy brewing about in that state as a result of MTV's new television program, Buck Wild. Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia isn't too wild, according to... Uh, about the show, according to WashingtonPost.com, it's scheduled to debut in January and follows a group of 920-somethings living in and around Sissonville, West Virginia, a town of about 4,000 residents. The program's been described as the Jersey Shore of Appalachia, Oh boy! referring to the now-canceled reality show that earned the ire of New Jersey Governor Chris Christie <laughs> and state lawmakers. In the case of Buck Wild, Manchin said he's only seen previews for the show, but that the teases that staffers showed him were enough to compel him to send a letter on Friday to MTV's president asking the network put a stop to the travesty called Buck Wild. <laughs> As a U.S. senator, I am repulsed at this business venture where some Americans are making money off the poor decisions of our youth. I cannot imagine that anyone who loves this country would feel proud profiting off of Buck Wild. Instead of- so we don't want to show what bad decisions result in. Mm. I mean, the fact is, is that these young people, like Snooky, yeah, she made a lot of money and maybe her life's better as a result. But I think that to some extent, she's a laughing stock. Mm, yeah, I don't sure. know. I've never seen Jersey Shore, but I do know who Snooky is. She is definitely, I've never seen Jersey Shore either, except for a couple clips on uh, Beavis and Butthead. Okay. You knew they brought them back, right? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead came back this year, and it was a great return, by the way. If you haven't seen the episodes, go and watch them. They were hilarious. Uh, but, uh, you know, Beavis and Butthead classically on MTV back in the 90s would comment on music. Uh-huh. But now that MTV doesn't play music anymore, Beavis and Butthead <laughs> comments on the other MTV shows. Uh, they'll still throw a song in there every now and then, too. But uh, So they'll play a clip from Jersey Shore and Beavis and Butthead <laughs> you know, making comments over <laughs> top of it. I never saw Beavis and Butthead in real life. So oh, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, but anyway, so that's the only bit I've seen of Jersey Shore. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, the people on that show are absolutely ludicrous. On one hand, you will have people emulate them. I mean, the, the snooky hairstyles and clothing and all that was certainly popularized to some extent. But on the other hand, it, as you're saying, Mark, does display you know, the results of idiocy <laughs> and what that, what that does in people's lives. So... I mean, when you see two people arguing over stupid stuff, you say to yourself, wow, that sounds stupid. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes you're going to emulate it. I I get it. But this is, you know, let me continue with the senator's uh, comment here. 
He says that he's repulsed, and he says, quote, Instead of showcasing the beauty of our people and our state, you preyed on young people, coaxed them into displaying shameful behavior, and now you're profiting from it. This is That's the just same, wrong. This is the same argument uh, that they have for news. You know, why don't you people put good news on the news? Mm. Didn't they do this to the Nixon administration and uh, find that people tuned out when the good news came on? Generally, the, I don't know what administration it was, but generally the, that sort of experiment tends to fail for news companies. Yeah. Uh, in an dis- interview Thursday before sending the letter, Manchin repeatedly called MTV's decision just awful. He said, I have no problem with people in this country trying to earn a profit, but I would ask them, would they do this to their own children, in their own neighborhood, in their own home state? And really, the the perspective See, yeah, of, of this guy, state. right? The perspective of this guy is that we don't want to show people what some people do. We'd like everyone to believe that this is just a pis- picturesque community. People do this in every uh, town Stick across your head America. In the sand. Right, like here in Keene, for instance, uh, Keene, New Hampshire, where we live. There's this uh, rule, some kind of a town ordinance that says you cannot advertise drink specials outside of a bar. Meaning like on the window, for instance, or on some sort of a signage that would be outside. Mm-hmm. Mark, no marquee ads, nothing like that. You can't have that. You can have drink specials, but you can only talk about them inside your bar. And the reason purported for doing this that was quoted in the local newspaper by some city councilor type was that they don't want people to think that the town has a drinking problem. Full of lushes. Right. Of course, this is the drinking estate in the uh, union. Right. They don't, want people to think, too. they don't want people to think about those things. They want, oh, it's just, it's just a picturesque New England community. No one would ever drink alcohol to excess here. I mean, that's, the, that's how ridiculous these people are. So here's a little bit of the audio from uh, the Buck Wild promo to give you some idea of what it is that we're talking about here. It's from West YouTube. Virginia is a place founded on freedom. For me and my friends, kids jumping off bridges. And things. That means the freedom to do whatever the f- we want. They're mud bogging, running naked, sliding through the mud, fighting. And barely intelligible at some uh, some points there. <laughs> you know, this should give you some idea of what you're dealing with. Lots of four wheel riding and uh, rambunctious teenage. They say they're twenty somethings, but they sure don't look. 20-something, or they certainly don't act uh, 20-something, although I guess this is how 20-somethings act. What would you act. know about uh, teens and 20-somethings, I, how they act? I was a 20-something at one point. Yeah, but you didn't act like these no, people. No, I certainly didn't. I was working and being <laughs> responsible. Um, but, you know, who knows what the show actually does? Obviously, this is a promo. It's designed to uh, get people's attention. It's going to show you the most uh, wild and, in you know, crazy, titillating. yeah, titillating uh, content. And it, maybe the and show itself that, will have lessons in it. I think people uh, that you know, I, I think the people that are in these shows tend to act out in order to be in these for the shows. camera. Sure, they, you know, they, they play often, people play to the camera. Period. Yeah, I think that that's true. And uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. The uh, senator continued his complaints about the show, saying the show plays to ugly and accurate stereotypes about the people of West Virginia. He said, "Let me tell you." People have given their all for this great country. They've done the heavy lifting to produce the energy that's needed to produce the steel that builds our factories and cities. The proud veterans of our state have shed more blood and made more sacrifices than most other states to keep America free. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What to say to that? (laughs) Look, stereotypes exist for a reason, right? I'm not saying that everyone in West Virginia is like these teenagers, but these teenagers 
are who they are. This could be done in any state, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this could be... There's mud-bogging teens everywhere, in the I, South, at least. Probably up north, too. Connecticut, is that your, your hoity-toity estate out there? Um, you can find mud-bogging, naked-running, cussing, beer-drinking teens in uh, Connecticut, too. There's rednecks here in New Hampshire. I've seen them. I understand why they go ahead and they're, you know, they're going after the, the stereotypical ones in West Virginia. It just plays to the camera better. But this is everywhere, so I... Yep. You know, I don't think that that I, I, I don't think that means anything. Our motto around Rope here swing. is whatever happens, happens. Potato gun, <laughs> campfires. Not on the phone, Facebook, none of that internet stuff. My don't parents have no internet stuff. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. Who do you know gets out here and loves to sling trash? This cat right here. Hey, somebody's got to sling the trash, and you up. might as well love it, right? Good for him. What's going on with you, Tyler? Tyler spent the past three nights with me. You guys in my bed. How disrespectful is that? Sorry. Yeah, and this, I, I think, <laughs> I think you're totally right. This stuff goes on everywhere. I mean, teenagers sleeping around with one another. That's not a West Virginia thing. That's just a young person, irresponsible, you know, acting out kind thing. of behavior. Yeah. It's just what people who have too much time on their hands and all kinds of leisure abilities do. I think Tyler is a little bit of a man for. I don't give a shit about care of things. I'm going to do me. Motorbiking. <laughs> Shouting into phones. Fighting. Mom, I just got in eating about 14 hot wings. Rolling down a hill in a tire. I mean, this is. Have you ever thought that Jesse would cheat on you? When you're listening to what everybody's buzzing in your ear. They only cheat on people in West Virginia. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They, they picked a group of teenagers. They picked a location. They brought cameras out, and they shot uh, you know some footage of uh, them behaving in poor you I know in a poor manner. Fair to say that they probably played the stereotype. Yeah. Um. It, you know of of some particular state. I'm not sure what the stereotypes are of all states, but there are some states that there's more stereotypically redneck than other states right. are. Um. And I don't know what terminology they use. I don't think redneck is accurate for necessarily West Virginia, but they probably have some. Term that I don't know uh, there for that. I don't know what the stereotype is from uh, you know New Hampshire, from Florida, where I'm from. I'm sure that there's some redneck stereotype that goes on for Florida's. Yeah. But I can tell you the people from Florida look down on people from Georgia <laughs> or Alabama, depending on which part of Florida you're from. Why? Because I'm from Florida. I know yeah. what they do. My wife's from Illinois. I know that they look down on people from Indiana. Mm. Every state's it's got ridiculous. it. You know, I mean. And then there's people in counties in West Virginia that look down on people in other counties in West Virginia. And that's just how it is. Anyway, the show's called Buck Wild. It starts in January, and it's upsetting one senator, so it'll probably be entertaining. Although I don't think I'll waste <laughs> my time on it. Yeah, I'm not that interested either. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow night uh, online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Hey, podcasters, it's uh, it's that time of year again. Uh, Proflowers.com is advertising with Free Talk Live, and we're delighted to have them. They are a big advertiser, and um, it's a really good thing. They've already committed to upping their ad buy as a result of, uh, you know, what you guys did during Mother's Day and buying, you know, bouquets and that kind of thing during Mother's Day. Thank you for doing that. Um, they've, you know, like I said, exponentially increased their ad buy for um, – 
the Valentine's Day holiday. But they have uh, are also advertising here with us during Christmas, and it's podcast only that they're advertising. So they have faith in you guys. I have faith in you guys in order to uh, sort of maintain what we're uh, doing for them. And they've got a really great little offer here for nineteen ninety nine, so twenty bucks. You can get Santa's workshop mini cypress tree, is what it's called, and it comes with its, uh, you know, with decorations, free lights and ornaments. It's a, it's a little Christmas tree that, uh, you know, it takes care of that. Uh, it can take care of your entire holiday decorating at the house. Is so all you have to do is have this little tree. You can send it to a, a child or a family member or even a, um, you know, wife or loved one, whomever, and I think it'll make a great little gift. Um, it's a little Christmas tree, and um, you can get it from proflowers.com. You can uh, upgrade to the angel and snowflake ornaments with white lights for just $10 more. The tree comes, um, you know, the, the standard one comes with uh, festive red, with a festive red 10 with colorful lights and 12 wooden ornaments. So you can go to proflowers.com and um, take a look at those great looking trees. And this is a one week only special, by the way. There will be um, other specials coming up. For this deal, go to proflowers.com, click on the mic in the top and type in FTL. It's always FTL for Free Talk Live um, in all of our advertisers. Uh, this live mini Christmas tree is perfect for someone who doesn't have a room for a big tree, whether it's a dorm room or a small apartment or whatever. You can get your mini Christmas tree ready to decorate for just $20. You can call 800-P-R-O-Flowers and mention FTL or go to proflowers.com. Click the microphone in the top right corner, type in FTL. It's proflowers.com, the microphone, FTL, and the offer expires on midnight Friday. Yes, I did ask what time, which time zone, and they said Pacific. So offer ends Pacific time midnight on Friday. 